So I'm good. Yeah, I'm this is your true. this is your fourth episode to be on, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. So one out of four isn't bad. <laughs> Baby steps. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Baby steps. I like that. <laughs> What's up, y'all? I'm Zach. I'm Mr. McSwiftface. And I'm Steve, and this is Fireside Swift. How is it going, Mr. McSwiftface? It's going very well. Thank you very much, Zach. Um, I am recovering uh, from the wedding and just looking for jobs at the moment. There's almost nothing available, so I'm currently unemployed and just hoping (laughs) something comes up soon. Well, uh, if anyone hears that and knows of a job... Do you know Let's any iOS ahead. developers? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We don't Hook. know any of those. Uh, as, Hook Mr. Swiftface up. So you're being very productive, right, with this time that you have available to yourself. Um, you're you're going through lots of code and studying, right? Uh, I would think I'm you'd be playing. hitting the books and not playing any iOS no, games. No games, right? Like that. <laughs> it's so good, That guys. would be silly to do as you're unemployed. Yeah. This is what happens when I watch DubDub. I, I watch the uh, the platform. <laughs> I watch platforms and I watch the keynote. Then I watch the design awards and spend the rest of Dub Dub playing the games that I saw presented at the design awards. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so, is there any particular games that have uh, captured your imagination? Yeah, it's called Climbing Flail. And um, it's absolutely fantastic. I had it like pre-ordered because uh, it was announced, I think, at Dub Dub, and it's just so much fun. You just pull a little rag doll up, what would be like a bouldering thing, and his arms and legs go everywhere, and they fall off. It's <laughs> it's great fun. I recommend it to everyone. Um, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, you sent yeah, uh, been- you sent me a video of that, and it it, <laughs> it looks it looks hilarious. <laughs> I, I think I need to try it yeah. too. It really and is funny when to- your arms and legs come off. To be fair, we are iOS professionals. You can call it market research. It's market research, yes. It's market research. I'm in the business of making iOS games. You, I have spent could hours be. and hours on market could, research. Right, <laughs> yeah, I'm really not, but I could be. You're right. I know yeah. this market so well. So well. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been, been learning Zach? a bit of Swift. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yes, how are you, Zach? <laughs> just just cut Ben off. There, yeah. there you go. Uh, I've been doing well. Uh, today was, or today, this week was my first uh, kind of week back. I started back on Wednesday at work. I uh, did Thursday and Friday. And, you know, it's really strange getting back into the swing of things at work because I come back and I remember what we were doing three and a half weeks ago. And mm-hmm. all of that is either done or there have been decisions made where we're not going the same direction anymore. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny because I start my work day earlier than my coworkers. Mm-hmm. So I spent the first couple of hours kind of going through the backlog and the in our Kanban board and seeing where everything was at. And then I pulled the ticket off and I started working on it. Mm-hmm. And um I was working from home that day and so I didn't have a ton of interaction with my coworkers. In fact, they didn't think I was going to be back at work until this <laughs> coming Monday. So they had no idea that I was working, right? Okay. And um we called into our stand-up at around 10.30, 
And they were all very surprised to hear me. And then I gave them my update on what I had done that morning. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, um, about that. See, we were thinking about actually going with sign-in with Apple as opposed to all of our mock-ups and designs. <laughs> so you don't need to work on that anymore. I was like, okay, I'll just move those tickets to Blocked and figure out something else to do. So it was... It was uh, it was an interesting welcome back to where like the first three and a half hours of my day on my first day back were basically wasted. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, everything other than that has been good. Um, I'm getting into a lot of tooling and automation mm. because we had this this one this one process to update an on, onboard database in our app that is completely manual mm-hmm. and. Um, it's it's a pain, mm-hmm. and it involves a lot of different people doing a lot of different things, and then they want me to try to automate it all through Jenkins. So, fingers Ooh. crossed, because that has been an uphill battle so far. Uh, so, Gil- have you set that up yourself? Yeah. Sorry. Go for it. What's that? Have you done that all yourself, setting up Jenkins? Because I've never even attempted that. So, we already use Jenkins for builds. It's already our, our build machine. Um, okay. But... With it, you can run, you can execute a bunch of scripts when you run a build. And so I'm trying to learn uh, shell scripting, essentially. So our Jenkins server can go to this other server and grab the TSV files it needs to pull it down onto the Jenkins server that it then needs to package with our app because then you run our app to generate the database. And then it needs to go out, grab the new file from the file system, remove the old TSV files, drop in the SQLite file, and then package it all up and have it ready to go. So that's that's where I'm at right now. So really straightforward and then. Yeah. I know I know how to do none of it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, that's yeah. awesome though. That's like learning new skills on the job, and that'll pay off dividends later for sure. I, I hope so. I mean, and I told my boss, I was like, look, I can do this. This is possible, but it's not going to be fast. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to take me a while to understand what's going on here. And he was really cool with it, which is one of the reasons I really enjoy working where I work. Mm-hmm. Because they're not really deadline focused. And they really see the value in, you know, learning and becoming a better all-around developer. Mm-hmm. Like, That's they did just awesome. hire me for Swift development. But... They also need me to do if they also need me to do Jenkins work or do some write some bash scripts, uh, then I want to be able to do that. And they're okay giving me the time to learn how to do it on the job. They're not saying, you know, well, spend two hours tonight watching YouTube videos and come in, in the morning yeah. and, and figure yeah. it out. Yeah. That's yeah, really that's awesome. when you know you've got a good company, I think. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to be where I'm at. Very cool. And how about you, Steve? Oh, thanks. Uh, I've, so we've, I'm working <laughs> oh. on this project at work that's just like you know taking over my entire life, and I knew it would. Uh, uh, and so it'll it's it's like a two or three month project, and with you know deadlines every month or so. And so it's just I don't know that's that's consumed my work life, and then um, yeah, I'm just yeah doing more board games and actually getting a little obsessed with stage lighting um in my spare time so <laughs> that's probably a discussion for another time but <laughs> I, I know that's like out of left field but yeah that's something that i am a little passionate about and like, like photography you mean, like no like no uh, like lighting a stage we've yeah yeah right performance oh. lighting yeah stage lighting. Yeah. oh wow okay oh wow 
Yeah. Uh, nice. But yeah, I'm getting more and more into that that uh, that hobby, and uh, yeah, if we ever want to talk about it sometime, uh, we will. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it seems like a very interesting hobby to have because you know, with a board game or with books, like that's just something you can do kind of on your own or with with someone else with minimal planning. Yeah. But stage lighting, like, are you just stringing up? lights in your apartment and whenever anyone comes in <laughs> I, like, getting a I, show I, I really can't i don't have the space here uh yeah so it's like you're right it's it's one of those things you can't just like jump into you have to have uh somewhere that you have access to actual stage lights and the room to, <laughs> to actually project onto something uh so i'm you know blessed that at work we have a bunch of lights that we do events with and most of the time we don't use them so i get to play with them so that's, that's what i do <laughs> that's amazing that's yeah. really interesting so i'm learning shell scripting and you're playing with stage lights got it yep i'm kind of jealous of you your sounds like more fun <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's a lot of fun uh yeah, they're both, they both have their unique charms i'm sure <laughs> all right so before we get too deep into the episode uh let's talk about our sponsor sentry uh sentry is an open source framework you can add to your apps that helps you detect when things go wrong uh you can add this to your ios apps your android apps and your web apps and Basically, what happens is uh, you add this framework in, and if a crash occurs or a misbehavior that you've defined um, enters into your code, like a user gets into that state, you'll get uh, an email that something went wrong and with a stack trace attached to it. And you can also go to the da- your dashboard in Sentry as well and see everything went wrong. Uh, and we need this because we don't always write the best code, <laughs> right, Zach? It's very true. In fact, we've been talking about Sentry for roughly nine months now, right? And if you go back and you look at the code I was writing nine months ago to the code I'm writing now, it might be better, you know, syntactically, stylistically, but the the bugs are still there. They're just different bugs, right? I'm, I'm still getting crashes. They're just different crashes. Um, and being able to know when your app crashes in a user's hands is valuable information because it means that you actually get to start working on a fix for that before, you know, hopefully most of your, your users get upset. Absolutely. And, like, you could dive deep into it because, like, maybe it's a, an edge case that you just didn't think about before or maybe it's a feature that, you know, your company said you have to push now. You don't have time to think about all the edge cases. You get it out and it turns out there's a major one that you missed um, or even a minor one that you missed and you just want to make sure you get as close to that 100% crash-free rate as possible. Uh, this package allows you to do that. Um, it's free to start. It's easy to add to your code. Um uh, but it also has a bunch of premium features as well, and those do cost money. If you want to use any of those, uh, you can use uh, our promo code, Fireside Swift, all one word, Fireside Swift. Just put that in at Sentry.io uh, when you create a new account, and it'll get $100 off your next purchase. And we'd like to thank Sentry again for supporting Fireside Swift. Okay, so last week... We talked a lot about WWDC. Uh, we did not spend much time on follow-up. Um, now, do we have any follow-up from that episode? We do. We have a, a couple of pieces. Um, we can start with at uh, Eman Haru. Uh, and I probably butchered that, Eman. I, I apologize. Um, <laughs> I, 
I know E-Man. Uh, he's actually a contact in my phone, and the way I spelled his name in my phone is is absurd, and I did it on purpose <laughs> because I knew I wasn't going to get it correct the first time. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually sent him a picture of it, too, just so he knew. Uh, so he said, in response to someone saying that they heard us last week say that uh, the sign-in with Apple button needed to be on top of any other sign-in button options in your app. Um, he said, that was just a suggestion from the human interface guidelines. You don't actually have to do that. And the only thing that's mandatory is that you include it as an option if you have other third-party sign-in options. So you, you say we. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ben was the one who said that. Well, I'm trying to not <laughs> throw our nice delightful british guest under that double decker bus but i think i might i i knew this and i think i might have, i either forgot or learned it after the episode but either <laughs> way they are saying you should put it at the top but they're not yep. saying that you're going to be rejected if you don't <laughs> yeah and it i mean it's apple it's apple you never know they may just let go nope it's got to be on the top uh <laughs> and then reject yep. your app because of it i mean you can get rejected for having emoji in your app so i mean you right. never know what could happen right <laughs> right <laughs> no but this is really i mean this is really interesting i actually didn't know anything about that um it doesn't like it doesn't surprise me that they require the sign in with apple if you have signed with google and signed in with facebook um i had no i I didn't hear i must have just like missed it about it having to be on the top uh you know during the the keynote and the state of the union so i learned something here so i'm happy about that <laughs> well you you learned something that you didn't need to actually know yes yes that's good good information <laughs> <laughs> we also heard from mr emmy posa welcome back zach listen to the last part of the episode while feeding my one-year-old she started head bobbing right after the jingle started. That's your five star review right there, and <laughs> in all honesty, that's that's much better than a five star <laughs> review. I like that much better. So more of that for sure. <laughs> yes, let's get all of the one year olds dancing. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. If that's the best thing that uh, Golden Pipe song uh, does, uh, that's I think a win. Um, oh yeah, I'm I'm happy to put a little joy in the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and finally, for last week's, I guess it's not really last. This this follow up isn't for last week. It's for the fall, the previous week's uh, episode. Uh, there was a tweet that went out on uh, the Fireside Swift account. It was for the episode. It was episode fifty or uh, sorry, eighty four. Um, and it was for the one that uh, Raghav was the co-host. Um, I guess when I I tweeted that out because I was the one who tweeted this. Um, it doesn't have like the show title in the uh, in in the the link, I guess. Um, and I looked at it. And it's very strange because if you tap on that link, it takes you directly to the Apple Podcast app, and it takes you to uh, that partic- that particular episode, um, which is what it's supposed to do. But for some reason, it doesn't show the the title. So I think that confused some people, and I'm I'm sorry about that. But I have no <laughs> idea how to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna let it slide it's a, it's a few week old tweet at this point right yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, you don't need to worry about it <laughs> is that all the follow-up we've got that's because we're missing well, you're missing one. Oh, are we oh, one, okay. of you, one of you just liked um great ep- from john anthony if you remember great episode as always glad glad to have you back zach and i like that mr mcswift face is becoming a regular 
<laughs> oh yeah, there's there was a reason why we didn't. We didn't that. need that in there, yeah, uh, because uh, certain heads would grow too large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would and it would just it would clutter up the flow of the show. Yeah. It just didn't feel right, you know. And it, there's a policy not to read uh, tweets about praising our our you know other co-hosts. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more of, of a long a long term guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have guests on this show. We have other co-hosts. Other ho- he's like yeah, that guy co-hosts. that needs a place. He's like that guy that needs a place to stay, and then he ends up living on your couch for three weeks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, who's that character on uh, BoJack Horseman that just sleeps? The, I don't remember yeah. his name. He just sleeps on the couch. That's yeah. fun. That's bad. <laughs> Jesse from Breaking Bad, wasn't it? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think I'll probably be kicked off as soon as Zach is, is awake for the episodes. That'll be me done, I think. Uh, yeah. For, <laughs> so it might mean, be a while. In the <laughs> meantime, we definitely need you to make sure that he's still here, like just awake and, and, and alive. Oh, I'll um, hang about. So, <sighs> gentlemen, you know that um, <laughs> that thing that, uh, uh, that happens when you... Uh, you tell a story, but you don't finish that story. Um, so think that like uh, there's been, there's been several movies about some superheroes recently, right? And they, like Suicide Squad, like uh, no Suicide Squad's a bad example, but like, uh, like Batman vs Superman. I think Wonder that kind of works. Um, I'm thinking of another Aquaman. Aquaman. Um, Mm, doesn't really have two? one of these. Uh, more, more, more like uh, the other universe of superheroes uh, definitely did this quite a few times, especially the, when they would group together. They would tell a story, but they wouldn't finish that story. Um, and so they have to have an, yeah, like the Avengers. Yeah, they, they would, oh they, the Avengers. They'd have another. There'd be another movie afterwards. Um, you know, so I'm trying to remember what that's called. Infinity War. Oh, you're talking about. The, it's called an infinity war it's called an infinity war <laughs> it's called an infinity war i think that's war. a very specific case i'm trying to think more uh generically abstractly uh you know a if they, sequel if they, like a sequel oh, like okay. a sequel yeah oh and can i tell you just one a funny story real quick so we watched um i watched the avengers infinity war with my wife uh, and that's the second one, right? What's the whatever the second Avengers uh, no, is? End, end ga- I don't oh, yes, remember. No, ooh, in, uh, in game. No, it's in game. Age yeah. of Ultron's the second one, I think. Infinity no, War's no, the third. End game. Look, see, we end don't game. even remember the, the, new the name. Of it. Anyway, the one with <laughs> do, the, the one with the sadly. snap. Um, yeah. So I watched that with my wife, and she didn't know that there was going to be another movie. And so she thought it oh. ended. Spoiler alert, by the way, with uh, <laughs> yeah, Thanos snapping. And all of the uh, all of the superheroes dying. Yeah, she thought that's how that's how it ended, and she was so pissed. <laughs> I, I honestly think they should have ended that way because uh, uh, spoiler alert: the next movie very much disappointed me. Um, so what? yeah, Endgame. So yeah, that whoa! One. I, yeah. I've never heard anyone say that. I, I absolutely Ooh, love that oh, film. We'll have to talk about. It I later. haven't. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so. yeah, well, yeah. Oh, even better. Let's let's spoil Zach. All right. So. Oh God, it's incredible. Uh, anyway. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. So a sequel, and so uh, considering we didn't finish talking about all the things that we were excited about last week, 
And in particular, we didn't talk about what everybody else was excited about last week. I think we should finish that today. We definitely need to get back to it. We left too much on the table to just walk away. And I'm going to propose to you that we start with, we just go straight into feedback. And then if we don't cover the other things that we're excited about, we can cover the things we're excited about after that. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. That works for me. All right. So starting with Ben G from the LPC. He responded, and oh, I guess I could start with uh, the tweet that uh, Fireside Swift put out, um, which it, it goes, uh, we asked what people's thoughts were about WWDC 99, or 99, <laughs> 19. 99, dub 99, dub 99, WWDC 19, so far, we asked uh, what excited you and what you were dubious about. So Benji from the LPC comes in and says, liking dark mode, but laughing at the bugs at this first build. So obviously he was running the beta at that point in time. Uh, but I did notice my X is a little snappier. Also like that Apple lets you set goals for your daily, daily audiobooks time and how many books you want to listen to in a year. Uh, they read my mind. My goal is 50 a year, and now I can see it. See, I didn't Absolutely. know about that daily audiobooks goal. And I think that's fantastic. It's not just audiobooks. Is it podcasts? It's book, book, I don't, word well, books. I don't, yeah, it's word books too. That's what I was no. going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is really cool. Um, so I read books from my iPad, and I recently upgraded my iPad to iOS 13. And now I get this little thing after five minutes reading in my bed, I'll get a little notification, a little badge that says, you just reach your daily read goal. Because it's like, it's that's so really cool. low uh, to five minutes. <laughs> I was about to say five minutes is, is you can change it, doable. though, I guess you could change it. Absolutely. You could set it to whatever <laughs> goal you want. But it's it's really neat. And I don't know if they're going to do like badges like uh, the activity app or uh, streaks or something like that. Um, I haven't really gone that deep into it but i don't know i just think it's really neat to be able to go this is something i want to do and i just want to be able to see how well i'm doing at it i wow so, i definitely need something like that so is that oh no i was just gonna ask is this are you reading through ibooks or is it yes is it applicable to other things like the kindle app do you know i like you probably don't know that doubt it works with the kindle app yeah. and i wouldn't be able to know really because the until ios 13 truly comes out and like yeah, mm-hmm. all the apps get up, right. updated, uh, updated. Um, but uh, yeah, it definitely works in iBooks, and it's just very cool. I think it's an iBook only feature, though. It just okay. Feels yeah, I think that it probably it probably will be. Um, I I, mean, it, I think it would be awesome to be able to add more rings to your kind of watch activities. So it would be good mm-hmm. to have. It would be good if you could add a reading ring to that, and maybe uh, a mindfulness one cool. as well would be good. Yeah, that'd be. Super oh, cool. I like that idea. It just I think like change inevitable. change your activity rings to whatever matters most to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that'd yeah. be great. Hopefully, yeah. one day we'll get that. And the yeah. book one, I I don't read enough at all, especially with all this free time. So it'd be great to I might start <laughs> using it just to start hitting that metric. Yeah, I was just, you've been dismembering too many uh, ragdolls. Right? Yeah, this is your problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just having a, a conversation with Raghav about this, about like just different books to read and what to study. And I recommended some leadership books to him. And so, like, if uh, you know, it is good to set a goal of like you know just fifteen minutes read a self improvement book of some kind, whether that's programming or leadership or 
sales you know one of the things that engineers stink at is is sales and so like if you could spend 15 minutes a day reading a book about sales uh it could really help you uh get your ideas across to other engineers um so uh something like that i think would be great to have in the ios ecosystem yeah 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 all right zach you want to take the next one sure the next one is from uh steve rios apps as he has come to be known locally uh <laughs> just watch the video on adding cloud kit to existing core data apps both of the apps i've created use core data so i'm excited about adding cloud kit doesn't look too hard but i haven't tried it yet doesn't require ios 13 either which i thought was huh. really interesting yeah that that is interesting um and yeah it kind of stinks when there's something that's like they release that's like ios 13 only like uh swift ui uh where it's like oh man it's gonna be years before i can really add that to my production apps um Mm -hmm. so this is kind of neat um i didn't dive too deep in this Uh, ben did you look at this at all i haven't looked into this very much and i'm wondering if it works like the new uh realm api where well, like hopefully it'll be something like when you save something to core data, it will automatically sync to CloudKit. And if you're offline, it will kind of hold it and wait until you're back online and then sync the two. I don't know the detail, but hopefully they've gone down that path. It does seem like that, but not sure. Yeah, that that would be awesome. The, the, in the, as much as I like that, the problem is that only really is great it's great either way, but like it's it's really only great if you're only making Mac or iOS apps, right? Like the reason I would go with Realm or Firebase that already does this kind of thing would be it's going to be the same framework on iOS as it is in Android, at least the same paradigms. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. Yeah, um, but I do I yeah, do have I mean, an app that uses core data, and this would be cool to have it connect to CloudKit automatically. It would be nice that they if they open CloudKit up, so so Android could also communicate oh, with it if you've got an iOS oh, app wow. or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then That's I would a good, really good point. Yeah. Then I would seriously consider adopting it because I do like the way Apple engineers stuff, and so I like their the way they think about things. You know, the documentation they provide it tends to be less buggy than other third party frameworks. So yeah, um, super secure. Really, mm-hmm. tends like to be secure. Privacy focused. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they love yeah. their privacy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's helped me a lot. I've used sorry, yeah, I've used CloudKit in the past for apps that require storing really sensitive data, and and, and the companies that I work with have said, yeah, it's fine as long as you use CloudKit, just don't use anything else because they're yeah. confident with Apple. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Steve went on to say, uh, of course, the easy laying out of list and presumably other UI elements is great in Swift UI, but it does seem like we will have to do separate projects for iOS 12 and iOS 13 for a while. Some are saying three to four years. So no. what, do, what do y'all think about that? I mean, I, it depends on who your client base is, right? Um, if you have a very forward thinking uh client base you know one that you know that your 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 client base uh or user base i shouldn't say client base but you know your user <laughs> base i just at, at my company we all we call them clients but the reality is they're users uh, <laughs> too so mm-hmm. um, but if your user base is going to update immediately then you could probably switch pretty quick pretty 
I cannot. Pretty quack. I cannot pretty talk quack. today. Pretty quack. Pretty, pretty quick. quack. Uh, so you can switch pretty quick. But um, yeah, if you if you tend to be in the corporate world, uh, like a lot of my clients, my users um, are, then I probably have to wait a little longer for the majority of my apps, which kind of stinks. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's unfortunate. I don't think anyone's going to be doing, unless I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, but I don't think anyone's going to have the same app in iOS 12 and another one for iOS 13. Um, is, is that what he's kind no, of no, implying? No, no, no. I just think that you, you probably just wouldn't even have Swift UI in your app until probably 2000, uh, you know, when iOS 15 comes out or, fi- or right. 16. That's Yeah, yeah. That's how I read yeah. it. You're pretty much with UIKit until uh, until we also know. I said to someone on Twitter today that it's not necessarily going to be iOS 14 where people decide to start using Swift UI because that's yeah. going to be version 1.1 or version 2 of Swift UI. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mm-hmm. really early <laughs> and it's probably not yeah. going to be as good as UIKit for a while. That's yeah, true. like think about think about what happens to people when you say, you know, do you remember the conversion from Swift 2 to Swift 3? Mm. <laughs> like, ah, go, ask, yeah. go ask someone how, yeah. how Swift 1 was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost entirely avoided Swift 1. <laughs> I got into Swift at Swift 2, and I actually converted our company's apps to Swift 2.0, which was a huge mistake because not too long <laughs> later I had to do this with 3.0 conversion and that was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my first language was Swift 1.0, but because I didn't know anything about languages, I couldn't tell that it wasn't finished or wasn't remotely good. I just presumed that languages, I didn't even know at the time that languages came in versions and then it got updated <laughs> i just thought here's a language and that's what it's going to yeah. be forever i didn't understand the process and the evolution of languages so mm-hmm. yeah so I, I kind of lucked out there by the time i was any good i was in into swift 2 already mm-hmm. yeah so let's ask this question do you think um as there was with swift 2 to swift 3 do you think there will be any sort of major uh refactoring when you go from say like a swift ui 2 to a swift ui 3 that's a good question because they they know what happened with swift 2 to swift 3 but at the same time that's not always avoidable sometimes you have to do something like that and be able to get your product out there to iterate on it well if they if they made swift ui the right way i would think that this release is the foundation point and so any updates they do with Swift UI hopefully would be backwards compatible for iOS 13. That would be my hope. I Apple rarely does this, but it would be nice to see this where the new, like let's say they, they fix a bunch of bugs and add a bunch of new UI elements in iOS 14 that uh, we were missing that we have for UI kit, you know, and then we have mm-hmm. in, in Swift UI in iOS 14. It would be great if those things translated back to iOS 13. And, right. And so, like, yeah. you, you use those elements, and then all of a sudden they just appear in iOS 13. Now, again, this is something that Apple rarely does, um, but it's not impossible. We actually get that a lot in Android. And so this is like we make a lot of fun of Android and how few people actually update their operating system. But when Google releases 
you know, a lot of these new frameworks, they'll provide a compatibility library that converts this new stuff back, you know, to the old stuff. And so you can <laughs> use a lot of the new elements and it will figure out how to put that in the old uh, old version of the operating system. And so I would but, like to see Apple do that, but I'm not do, holding my breath. Do you think that Apple isn't as um, compelled to do that because of the adoption rates? Like, I mean, they showed the adoption rate at mm-hmm. this dub dub. You know, we have, you know, X crazy percent of people using the yeah. newest iOS version. Now let's look at the other guys, and yep. it's like 15% or something. Yeah, it's, it's definitely Google's responding to the way their their platform <laughs> is. You know, like, they, they have another choice. Like, it would take 10 years before you could actually, <laughs> like, feel confident about using, uh, you know, one of these new things uh, on Android. But, I don't know, I would like to see Apple do a little bit of that, um, particularly with this 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 is such a big paradigm shift that I'd like to see some of that, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just one quick thing on Swift UI, not to drag it on too long, but I didn't realize until someone tweeted the other day that there's no such concept as a collection view on there yet. Yeah. Who said that? I think I thought it was, I thought it was Eman who said something like that. Um, or or he, maybe he just responded, and that's how I saw uh, that tweet. Yeah. I mean, that's a really fair point that I hadn't thought about. It's totally mm-hmm. not ready until collection views are possible. <laughs> I mean, or can, can you do a... Uh, but you can do a horizontal do like a list, right? List. And so, but you probably can't but, do a vertical list and a horizontal yeah, list. Right. That's the problem, I would think. Yeah. And they've made... In, and they've put various updates into the collection view, uh, into the UI collection view as well. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. That's something I'll get to later, actually. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Um, let's see. At Chris Connor responded, uh, really excited for Swift UI. Okay, we talked about that a bit. Uh, sign in with Apple and Catalyst. I've the beta's downloaded downloaded and is truly amazing. I'm dubious about my ability to afford a Mac Pro <laughs> and the new display. All right, so let's oh, take yo. these one at a time. <laughs> yeah. We didn't oh. talk about this, did we? We did not no. talk about the Mac Pro yet. Uh, well, so this is this may be the right time to talk <laughs> about it. All right, so let's start with signing with Apple. Um, yeah, we talked about that a bit. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. do we have anything more to say about that? We're excited about it too. So, no, yeah, yeah I'm, I can't wait to you know use it yeah. in place of the other frameworks I was typically using. Uh, Catalyst, did we? Re- we didn't. I don't think we covered that at all yet. We yeah. did. We talked about it briefly. We didn't okay. talk about the com the combine framework. Oh, combine. Okay, so I think somebody else is going to say something about that later. But yeah, yeah, we're excited about combine as well. Uh, so Catalyst, we talked about. All right, Mac Pro. Mac Pro. It is truly, truly pro. It is very pro. It is too pro. It is is so pro. So they need another word. Absolutely pro. You call it MacBook Pro, iPad Pro. Then you call it Pro Plus? Pro Pro Plus, yeah. It is is definitely Pro Plus. Uh, (laughs) No, I was like, I I knew the Mac Pro would be out of my league. Like, it's just not something I'd want. And I just knew that from the get go. I don't I don't want uh, a giant tower center Mm -hmm. sitting in my room anymore. I like more minimalist style. And but the display though, I was like, you know what? I really like the the old Apple displays. I would like an Apple display for my desk. I think that'd be really cool. I might actually you know shift to something like that 
And now, did you ever did you ever say you know I could use an Apple stand too, or were you just solely focused on the display? <laughs> solely just focused, just focused on the display. I assumed oh, the stand you poor, would be a you part poor of naive it. man. I know. <laughs> so they're describing this display, and I'm like, this looks pretty awesome. Like, yeah, this if this is the same price point as the last Apple display, I could probably stomach that. That sounds pretty cool. And then they slap that five thousand dollar <laughs> price tag on it, and then add another thousand dollars for the stand. I'm like, are you uh, kidding me? Yeah, I thought three thousand. I was expecting, and I was thinking yeah. three thousand is probably more than I'd ever want to pay. But I could probably maybe go to two, two and a half if it's really, really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but not five without the stand. Without the stand, minus yeah. the stand. Yeah, I, the I the funny. So I was watching it. Um, I was watching it with uh, on Sean Allen's Twitch stream, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. the the two the two points that I got away from that I took away from all of this was uh, I knew bad things were happening when they showed that first monitor and they were like, "This one costs forty five thousand yeah. dollars," and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's that's oh, a no. bad side. Oh, no. It's a terrible yeah. side." And then as soon as they say, and the stand costs nine or yeah ninety nine ninety nine, and everybody in the audience just kind of like laughed like you could tell that they didn't believe it and sean's face was like he didn't know what to do uh like what what how do you respond (laughs) to someone telling you the stand for this display is a thousand dollars um and then they just kind of hurried off the stage they run away so quickly and (laughs) apparently they only showed it for something like 0.9 seconds or something like that they just flipped (laughs) on the screen and then they turned it off and right goodbye yeah and then we're going (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they have they they're smart people, right? They know that they want to show it, but you can't show it halfway. And if you're going to show it all the way, you're going to get this gasp and this negative reaction from you know saying a stand costs a thousand dollars. Now, yep. <laughs> what I what I believe is that you know people were expecting the Mac Pro to be something for that's like one step above consumer. Right, because yep. of the pro label, right? Yep. And this and this what we alluded to at the beginning, this isn't for your, you know, regular best buy customer. Like you're not gonna order this off of Amazon because you need a new computer. This is going to like the high end tech shops, like people that are making movies and high end games who need that amount of power. And so I'm okay with the Mac Pro not being for me. Um at the same time, it would be nice if there was something like in between where you know the top of the line well i guess you, you have there the imac pro right like at the there, there iMac isn't pro. a screen yeah yeah just buy the imac pro because it's a cheaper external yeah. display than the exactly. actual display there you go um, <laughs> yeah but i i, I use a uh, the 5k um ultra fine and, and it's fine it's it's good enough but they, this has been discontinued now so for someone mm-hmm. who wants a decent retina screen that's a decent size i don't know where they're going to go now i don't think there's something on offer so hopefully in september everyone's thinking they might release a pro display that's not this super super pro display it's just (laughs) it's just like the 5k screen from an imac or maybe slightly bigger or something like that because no one's going to be buying this yeah that's the rumor and that'd be nice well i won't say no one's gonna buy this This this, like pixar and like yeah yeah, yeah. like people People Companies, companies are going to be yes. buying this. That's who's going to be buying this. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Not people, companies. Yeah. <laughs> Not people, companies. I, yeah, I've never met anyone that I don't think's even ever used a reference display before. I hadn't even heard of them before Apple told us that that there was something that existed. So, 
probably a lot of people were in that position of going, here's something you don't have never heard of, and here's our version of it. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was odd. Yeah. It, I yeah, mean, it's an awesome it's, display, though. It's very cool. Yeah. And I, I'm sure. I mean, they, they designed it well. Like, it, mm-hmm. it may actually justify that price tag given the market yeah. that they are going for, which is not yeah. us. Like, again, we're not that market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's overpriced for what it is, actually. Right. I, I think agree. they were just a bit too scared to say the Mac Pro <laughs> six grand and the screen six grand as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, they just want to go, oh, it's five grand, oh, and you can buy a stand for it if you, if you don't want it laid flat on the surface. <laughs> you, can, you can mount it to your uh, ceiling and then program while you're laying in bed. I saw you could just mount it on the us. wall, couldn't you? I saw a tweet of somebody guess, yeah. who had um, like the old Apple monitor, and they used like a, a, a hanger to. I saw that, <laughs> yeah, like support, <laughs> prop it up. It was like in a coffee shop too, so it was like, oh, it was so great. It was a oh, plastic wow. hanger too. Was that the cinema display? I thought it was an iMac. Maybe it was an iMac. Maybe that's what it was, but without the back. Like I've never yeah. seen the cinema display before. Uh, I've actually got the cinema display at work because um, we. Uh, we were renting, well, leasing this this office um, with another company, and that other company got acquired by Google. So they went, we don't need our all our old equipment. <laughs> they just left, and so they like sold it to us for really cheap. So we all have nice. cinema displays. It's just sweet. That's awesome. What are they? 4K? <laughs> yeah. like uh, no, 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 no. Oh, back okay. then, four K didn't exist. Yeah, it, oh, okay. um, I don't know what the the resolution is, but. They're they're nice and it's just great that you like plug it in with one cable and you know it just everything works and connects up really well and it's just it's it just like a works. typical Apple thing you plug it in one place and it everything works great so and it works yeah. yeah that's what I like about this yeah. screen you plug in the uh, USB C so I don't have a I lost my MacBook charger about a year ago and mm-hmm. I just use the screen to charge it up that's just awesome plug it in and away you go yeah that's pretty cool uh, let's move on. Uh, at Mike Garvin seventy says, "Oh Swift UI, <laughs> oh Swift UI, you had oh, me at Swift declarative." Um, how do you guys feel about uh, Swift UI being declarative as opposed to imperative? I'm still I think a it's pretty bit confused cool. I, as to the te- terminology. So it got <laughs> well. I've seen. Uh, so I think John Sundell recently either wrote an article or a tweet about how now you can actually. Um, deliver your ui via json mm-hmm. yeah because it's declarative um yeah. which is it's just like an insane amount of flexibility and it's like every time I, we talk about declarative versus imperative we should probably define what those two are and that's that's where you're sticking at right ben the difference yeah, between declarative I, and imperative I, I kind of i get it conceptually but not yeah it's it's hard i couldn't i couldn't sit here and define it i don't think so you guys define it for me and the listeners. Oh, let's see if i can get this right i probably screw this up every single time but declarative <laughs> is um you say what the the ui should look like so it's like uh declarative is like all right so everything so this is a list and so i want a list and then i want everything to be right aligned and this uh this button is going to be red and it's going to have rounded corners and that's it you you just declare what it is and the uh the code figures out like you know everything underlying like so that's the abstraction is that it's declarative and then underneath the you know something 
renders it on the screen and figures out how to do it appropriately and it will do it for any screen size and whatnot imperative is okay i want this button to be um, at x coordinate x and y coordinates and it's going to be height and width and it's going to, <laughs> you know and uh you know draw these things here that's imperative you're like literally it's- like it's way more detailed. It's way more granular. Yeah. Like you're actually saying, you know, I want it to be here exactly. Yep. And, right. And so what's interesting is in order to get declarative code, someone had to write imperative code. <laughs> right. Because that's to translate it. Yep. The difference is who writes that code. So and the framework declarative. And, yes. And it gives Eventually, you a, like, yep. a front end yeah. of declarative. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, so it's just really interesting. It's like, and and having things more declarative um, means less code. It's usually less buggy. Um, Although that may not be the case because, um, you know, sometimes, like for different screen sizes, if the translation from declarative to imperative uh, doesn't handle a particular new screen size or a particular case, you end up in those things like we talked about that Swift UI may be missing. Like, there's certain UI things you cannot do. Because Swift UI is declarative, and they haven't built that feature yet, like collection views. <laughs> um, whereas if it's imperative, you can do all the math, and you can build your own collection view. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. Um, that's like a little bit of the difference. There is, uh, you know, I'd say imperative. You potentially get more power, but also more rope to hang yourself. Um, whereas declarative <laughs> is usually much less buggy. It's very a lot less code usually, um, and uh, handles more cases usually too. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a good definition. I think that um, if I got it right, I could be completely wrong, and we'll find out next week after follow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I guess that you kind of in in a sense, it's your your layout is only as good as the framework you're using in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yep. No, I think that was I think that was very well defined. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I've heard a lot of people really, really love declarative UI design, and I, I'm I'm really curious about it because I really haven't done a lot of it. So, yeah, um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I watched. Um, uh, no, I read an article and tweeted about it today from John Sundell, of course, and um, <laughs> he <laughs> had to display an alert when a state property. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, it might. Um, it could have been hacking with Swift. I've done. I've. I've, I've been Swift UIing a bit today. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was actually. I think it was Paul Hudson. Um, and what, and he had an alert show on screen. And mm-hmm. the way he did it actually made me go whoa out loud while while watching because you it it's kind of just in line with the rest of the UI. He toggled. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the the keyword, but he, he toggled one of the states, which was just a ball to say true or false. And then presumably it's almost like KVO. So when that state turns to true, it calls um, a closure, which displays an alert. So this UI code is kind of sitting in a state and then reactively responding to the the state properties of the view. And it really blew my mind, but it was quite impressive if that's what Mm -hmm. it was doing. Yeah. Does it do it with the uh, at bindable object and at state? He just did it with, yeah, the, the at state. So he was just tracking okay. an at-state property. And then every time, I presume every time it changed to true, it would call the closure, I think. Yeah, or every I think time that's maybe it changed. It might, it might even get called when it changes to false. Um, but I'm not sure. 
Yeah. Can, can I tell you that the biggest impact this Swift UI stuff has to have is on the person who has the Twitter handle at state? <laughs> <laughs> because after dub dub i saw a lot of people tweeting about you know oh this is what you do with swift ui i used at state and so it, oh, it came funny. up blue so it's somebody's handle and i clicked on it and it's an account that's been shut down oh. for a while now but yeah i thought that was hilarious <laughs> that's nice, funny, funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny i'm gonna go i need to go create an account uh, at bindable object and just get all of those <laughs> really there good you idea. go yeah <laughs> Uh, speaking of ads, at Joe Cab said, my mind can't handle it all and has shut down to check it out at a later date. <laughs> You're not online. Uh, Joe, have you, uh, has it come back? Have you been able to check anything out yet? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious too. But I mean, but Ben, you, you said something similar after Dub Dub, right? Or during Dub Dub, um, well, during the show i think yeah, yeah. <laughs> like during like last week's show it was just we we're trying to think of what to think about and it's hard to know what to get excited about because there's just so many things and I, i'm just gradually now one or two dub dub videos a day just going through the app seeing seeing if there's any sessions that interest me and i'm, I'm kind of getting around it now and i'm sure joe cab mm-hmm. probably is on the other side of it now as well <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's important to remember that it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like, yes. We don't need to. I've I've kind of done the same thing. Like, and I still don't know most of the stuff that they talked about. I couldn't write an app with the stuff that they announced a couple of weeks ago because I haven't used it at all. Like, I haven't learned it at all, and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. just give yourself some time. You don't need to learn it all immediately. I think. Well, it, also, you think, don't sorry. need to learn it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. Ninety percent of it yeah. is not. They, we don't care about. Yeah, um, yep. I, I'm taking it very slow. I mean, I've got a lot of work to do that uses iOS 10 and below. So, like, I need to be focused on that. And, I mean, I definitely am excited about this new stuff. But, like, when it comes time, I'm going to start learning it. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm lucky that, you know, I get to do this show with you guys. And so, uh, you know, we're going to do episodes on a lot of these topics, if not all these topics. And I'm going to be forced to either read Zach's notes at a time or you know, <laughs> watch a video and read Zach's notes at a time. Um, and so I'm going to end up learning this myself. But you don't, ha- you don't have to do that um, because a lot of stuff won't be useful for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. There are precious few people in this world who need the, to know this stuff immediately. And a lot of those people who do are the, the John Sundells and the Paul Hudsons who want, yeah. who love it so much and want to get out there ahead of everything and be, be the person that everyone else learns from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really appreciate them for that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much Because so. the, amount, the amount of work that they have to put into all this stuff is astounding. Yeah, Absolutely. It still blows me away the amount of content that Paul's put out. I know he hates it being called. Don't call content. it content. I know he hates calling it content, but he he really like just what else do you describe that like the the amount of work that Paul Hudson has uh, produced that we consume. Uh, I think it's called. Uh, it's got a name. Um, <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do this I'm, in the middle of the show. Don't you do this? I'm pretty sure it's called content. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right so x at, at x tina sund um i wonder x, x tina or x x x tin a sund i don't know but um x tina sund uh well definitely swift ui project catalyst tools 
and SPM from a dev standpoint. What is SPM? Swift, Swift Package, package Manager. Manager. Oh, <laughs> Swift, yeah, of course. That's yeah. awesome. Um, uh, but really, it's like we've had the Swift Package Manager, but that being built into Xcode uh, is awesome. Um, okay, so then I'm also super excited about the Swipe Keyboard, finally. We haven't talked about that yet, so that'll be fun. Uh, dark Mode, which we really haven't talked about Dark Mode, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> Reminders and Photos app uh, have has gotten updates. Better Siri, the list goes on. Uh, but the Dubious... That uh, five thousand dollar, or so, uh, six thousand dollar, and then just kind of like, uh, not really. It's kind of left nebulous, but um, I'm gonna guess that's either the Mac Pro or the monitor, <laughs> either or very expensive or the other. You're not yeah. getting both with that yeah. amount of money. Actually, no, that's gotta be the Mac Pro because the Swift or the 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 monitor is uh, it was a four ninety nine or four four yeah four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. The stand is nine hundred ninety nine dollars. So if this was referring to the monitor, uh, well, no, that could stand, be the mat, the mat this, monitor. Well, the stand it would be five thousand nine hundred ninety eight dollars. Good point. Mm, true. <laughs> true. And we can always we can always count on you to to really dig in and so, get pedantic about. Numbers. Yeah. Well, in that case, uh, yeah. As she's referring to the price of the pro, I think it's quite reasonably priced, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five nine nine. Five. Well, five, yeah. Five nine nine. Done. All right. You know, sorry. One thing that I found. I don't know if you heard this. It was on an ATP episode. There was people um, at the event when they get to do a hands on session. And they they were doing a presentation and they were talking about the 6K monitor. And I think it was Marco was like, I had no idea what she was saying, whether or not she was referring to the price or referring to the fact that it was 6K. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> she kept saying it and he genuinely didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's hilarious. What does the 6K refer to? You need to be yeah. more specific now. <laughs> Which is it's, it's a 5K monitor and a 1K stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, okay have so you seen let's... the resolution on that stand it's astounding oh i know right <laughs> yeah well one <laughs> megapixel. it's almost 1k um <laughs> so let's let's take this in stride uh swift package manager um excited not excited for that to be an xcode um so i haven't really messed with it before but it sounds like a good thing and it sounds like so this is what i'm confused about um so swift package manager is what you can now use to handle all of your libraries correct mm-hmm. right? yes, i mean you could have yes. used it before so it's like but it, they, so it apple have used had before, yeah. cocoa pods uh, apple did not uh, have cocoa pods apple so that's that co- cocoa pods is completely third oh, party okay so swift package manager is their first party Yes. Answer to like Cocoa Pods and uh, Carthage and stuff like that. Exactly. So this would be a competitor to Carthage and Cocoa Pods. Um, I would say it's closer, more closely aligned to Carthage than Cocoa Pods um, because it. Uh, so like the difference being, you know how when you do Cocoa Pods, it creates a yeah it actually messes with your project exactly you don't yeah yeah, you 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 don't have a prod you have your project but you don't open your project anymore you open the workspace that essentially combines multiple projects right and the cocoa pods are separate projects essentially and somehow gets you know it's just like really strange and whatnot Mm -hmm. but it works right like right (laughs) in general (laughs) until it doesn't right and then we hate it um (laughs) carthage um is similar to Cocoa Pods, but 
it basically goes to um, essentially a GitHub project, downloads it, and literally puts that project into your project. So it puts that code into your project. Um, so when you compile your code, it compiles in in with your code, and it's not separate at all. You don't use a workspace. You use a project. So to me, Swift Package Manager, I haven't used it yet, uh, but from everything I've heard about it, it's very similar to Carthage in the sense that it goes to GitHub, it pulls down a project, adds it to your code, and you compile it as if uh, everything is your code. Um, and I would love for somebody to correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but that's how I understand it. And that really excites me because I've tried to use Carthage. It's very confusing to me. Um, and so I just shift back to CocoaPods every single time. <laughs> and yeah. Swift Package Manager looks so easy to use that I, I that just sounds like what I'm going to want to use in the future. What do you, what do you guys mm-hmm. think? I think it's, uh, it's interesting because we just started using Carthage at work. Mm-hmm. Like, Right before I went on paternity paternity leave okay. is uh, what we, what when we installed before? it. We didn't have any external dependencies. Oh, very nice. Oh, wow. That's yeah. impressive. impressive. Well, yeah, well we, that means there's no analytics. <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, now we, have, we have one uh, external dependency, and we're bringing it in through Carthage. And um, it, I'm wondering if we're going to switch to Swift Package Manager at some point since well, you know it's it's built into the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't the um, framework itself have to support SPM first? That doesn't yes. they, don't they have to rebuild their project? So we basically have to wait for all the, the yes. dependencies that we like to switch over. Yep. Oh really? See, I didn't. Yeah. I don't. Know. Yeah, and it's the same thing with Carthage, um, and obviously with CocoaPods as well. And I think. The reason why I always went with CocoaPods is when I'd be looking at frameworks, At back when I was looking at them, every single one of them was supporting CocoaPods. Not yeah. everybody was supporting Carthage. And so it was like, uh, I'm going to go with the most popular one because, you know, it's just, I don't have to, you know, think about a different one. Um, I, I hope we- this gets to the point where this is so easy that this is just the way to go. Yeah. I, I think that's. I, I hope that all of the big companies, all the all the big open frameworks, turn around and just support it because I presume mm-hmm. they can. It probably won't take them long, and yeah. then we can all start using it sooner rather than later. But more than likely, it'll be a year or so before we can fully switch over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it it seems like it's easy. Um, I I would love that's that's probably the next it thing does. I need to do yeah. to level up as a developer is to like make my own package and get it out there. Um, mm-hmm. And I just haven't had the time to do that. So <laughs> these days. All right, moving on. Uh, swipe keyboard. That's interesting. That is interesting. That I actually interesting. really enjoyed swipe because I, I had Android phones at first and i mm-hmm. enjoyed that was the one thing that i liked more than the uh, ios ecosystem was the swipe keyboard now i'm so used to typing now i don't know mm-hmm. if going back to swiping will feel the same as it did back you know eight nine ten years ago yeah uh so i you know i don't know if now i'm ingrained to typing so much that that just feels more natural to me and so going back will be harder what about you ben I don't und- like so. If you're on a swipe <laughs> keyboard, I've never used. Or I'm, yeah, I don't think I've ever really used one. So it's only for one finger typing then. But most devices yes. yeah, these like days, you-, you might use two thumbs as your default. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
just so you, it's all of a sudden moving it back to one. Is that actually nicer have, than just using two? But thumbs? you can you can yeah. type so quickly. Like I could I could fly yeah. across. So you can yeah. type typing. faster than with two th- two thumbs. You can swipe with one. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. because you're not lifting your hand up at all, and you know it. it the the way it uh, picked up your touch was very accurate. So typos tended to be you know few and far between. Wow. Um, yeah, no, it, it, there's no tapping involved, which, you know, if you if you tap, that's, if you think about it, it's kind of a long gesture for your hand or finger to make. It doesn't feel that way, mm-hmm. because in the relative grand scheme of things, of life, it's a fast thing to do, but keeping your finger actually engaged with the screen uh, is faster than picking it up and putting it down every time you want right. to, you know, give input. Yeah. In- so, on a, on a, t- on a tennis max... Can your thumb reach the like the cue? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't know. I've never I've never held that before, but I I never did it with my thumb. I don't think. Yeah. I'm trying to remember now. Oh, so you hold it was it more like I would hold it. I would hold index. it with my left hand and use your. Yeah, exactly. I oh, use my thumb. I, I'm gonna try I remember it. way way back in the day when phones were smaller than uh, <laughs> the old iPhone. Um, yeah, I would use the swipe keyboard because you, you, it was so inaccurate to use a keyboard back then. Like it was mm-hmm. so hard yes. to actually like tap on anything. Yeah. So I use the swipe keyboard and I used it for a while. And then here, the reason why I switched was, or just like went back to a regular keyboard was it works great until your finger gets sticky. <laughs> and so it's like you, you get so used to this swipe and it's so fast and you're so gr- you know it's so great to use and then like your hand gets a little wet or like the screen gets a little wet or something mm-hmm. like that or like i don't know the oil just like wears I, I, off. i won't ask yep then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do you have oil on your hands with your okay never mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've only got one hand for it it's sticky anyways um you can't rely on it always being smooth to to move your finger around and so it's like your finger gets stuck and then all of a sudden you get like the wrong word and like you're like no no backspace backspace backspace. you gotta hit backspace you know through the whole word to get rid of it and then you you try to swipe again and it's like you mess that one up because like Mm -hmm. i don't know whatever like you just miss a a letter it's and it's like it's just not reliable enough and so i just wonder if like maybe the services are better now and so it won't be a problem i doubt it um and so it's How like do do, i don't know like i mean that's that's true as well when, like oh, oh, oh so you do like a little circle on it oh yeah oh okay makes sense yeah so Such a but that's that's a good point steve uh you know when it when it works well i thought it was great but when like your finger stuttered or something mm-hmm. and you ended up with this word that you're right you had to go back and backspace through the entire thing and then do it again that does slow you down more than screwing up when you're just doing a normal normal typing action yeah and it's like mm-hmm. i mean it's it's cool that they're finally adding i guess it <laughs> <laughs> It does I, feel like it's a decade. It's a after decade late. It was cool, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess finally, but I don't know. I've moved on. Uh, so they just <laughs> well, they should have offered better third-party keyboard support, and they just well, Apple did, might do so. it better. You never know. Maybe, maybe they they, they tend to, don't they? Uh, I mean, literally yeah. like eight years late. Or, yeah, but, it's almost a decade, but yeah. that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Dark mode. Anybody going to use dark mode? Uh, we're uh, gearing up to transition to a dark mode at work. 
Oh uh, um, yeah, that makes sense. What do you mean? And that's oh right. So right now, your, right now we app, offer sorry. a dark a dark mode. Yeah, right now we offer a dark mode and light mode, mm-hmm. but it's all manually done. Mm-hmm. So there's a toggle in settings, and then we read that toggle, and based on what that toggle is, we show you one set of colors over another. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Apple announcing that you know they're actually going to have native dark mode, kind of really screws screws all of that up does it does Um, it really though because i i think you still need like if you want to do a true dark mode you got to do what you did anyways well the thing is we make the system we want to have we want to have the we want to be in sync with the system stuff Mm -hmm. and to be able to truly do that because if we don't do that it's gonna look off like it it, Mm -hmm. the app is no longer gonna no longer going to look like it fits right Mm -hmm. and we can get away with it now because no one else you know everybody else has their own yeah but once they all become unified we kind of want to still you know give them and it it won't be the true quote-unquote dark mode but it will be more similar than what we're using Plus, it's just the system stuff is just more dynamic, which you know, if we did want to move to Swift UI in the future, it will probably help out. Yeah, mm, yeah. Ben, uh, have you uh, thought about I, whether or not I you're going to use dark mode? I know it's a big topic, but I don't really care that much. Um, <laughs> I, I, I use dark mode on my Mac. Uh, I use Twitter in in black mode. Um, and I guess, yeah, I don't like bright lights in my face. I find it difficult to like to look at my screen at night. So it's it's I should be excited for it, but it just seems like I find it hard to get too excited about it. To be honest, it's not something I'm dying for. Mm-hmm. But it's you yeah. know it's cool, and I'll put it in the apps that I that I make in the future, which is cool. Yeah, I um, so iOS 13 does offer this really interesting thing where you can have dark mode turn on after uh, a certain point so you can have yeah. like light mode during the day and then dark mode at night um That's so cool. i turned i turned that on on my ipad and just been experimenting with it um what i will say is um I mean, it's probably the background that I use on on my iPad, which is like a picture of Yosemite, and it's like a sunset thing. So it's kind of bright in one corner. It for some reason the colors that they use in dark mode it makes stuff disappear in that area of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not too excited about that. But <laughs> yeah. um, otherwise, um, it's it's fairly seamless. I will say another thing that's kind of weird to me is like when I'm in, using Safari. It um, it looks like it's always in like private mode because uh, it's like that's the, <laughs> oh, the dark. I find that yeah, I get that already so, just on the non-beta version on mm-hmm. Mojave. I find that as well. I don't. I always think it's in uh, whatever you call it, private browsing because it's yeah. just always dark. Yeah. So I um, hope that doesn't like confuse some people. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I've never been a huge fan of dark mode, so I kind of groaned when they you know announced it because when everyone I know else people are excited about it yeah everybody else yeah. cheered i'm like yeah. oh, fine it's just another thing <laughs> i have to support so <laughs> <laughs> well i did see it, an it alert sorry that yeah. someone posted and it just said okay and the text was invisible yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like you don't know what you're agreeing awesome. to okay <laughs> yep that sounds good to me yep <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, moving on, uh, this is from at Ty Campbell, or Ty underscore Campbell. I think uh, it's underscore underscore Campbell. Oh, I think, I think this is that right. tricky one. 
Oh, yeah. Ty underscore underscore Campbell. Uh, with all the excitement and new features at WWDC19, I'm going to get that wrong every single time, uh, <laughs> how does uh, an iOS dev in training right now move forward to gain the skills needed for the workforce in the near future? Just keep pushing with the cur- current training materials? Uh, so this is a question that he sent in a couple of weeks ago, and we weren't... I, I asked if we could answer it on last week's show. We didn't get to it. So hopefully, Ty, you know, thank you for your patience, and we're answering it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really, really good question. Because, um, like, Swift UI is a paradigm change. And, you know, I, I definitely see a lot of development changing to that in the future. So, in that but that's sense, the, that's the future. That is yeah, the, that's the future. future. Yeah, and you need a job now. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, definitely the current materials for UI kit and all that are where you need to be training right now. But mm-hmm. in a way, this is also a benefit for new developers to be on the same footing as those experienced developers too. Because- oh, I think it's a... I- I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think it's a massive, massive advantage for new developers because it puts everybody else back at the starting line. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah. agree. And the only time it's going to be a problem is when you go and you look at a job description and they uh, require three years of Swift UI experience. <laughs> yeah, already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but now the question is like, okay, so I'm a, I'm a new dev, right? And I only have so many hours in the day how much do i essentially devote to old stuff and how much do i devote to new stuff uh no time on swift ui until you are proficient in ui kit i would say that's exactly what i was gonna say so in that sense does that really still put the new dev at a disadvantage compared to old devs Uh, they've got two things to learn so maybe Mm -hmm. not well, the the thing is, eventually Swift UI will get here, and they're gonna be, uh, yeah. I, I I still think it's an advantage, even if you have to go out and you have to learn uh, UI Kit, mm-hmm. because Swift UI, Swift UI is gonna get here a lot sooner for you in your programming uh, timeline than it is for me or Steve or Ben. Oh. Yeah. And we're we're still going to be learning it all right alongside of you. And you know, if you go and you look for a job, and you know they're looking for Swift UI experience, we're going to be on the same footing. Yeah, and, and I think you know it's sorry. Oh, I was going to say like what I think will be interesting is uh, us more uh, experienced developers will probably end up fighting Swift UI more yes. than new developers <laughs> because exactly there's going to be something we want to do we know how to do a UI kit yeah. that we can't do or we just don't we just haven't used Swift UI enough mm-hmm. to know how to do it whereas a, a fresh set of eyes will look at it and go oh well this is just how you do it in Swift UI and that's just that's it like there yeah. is no other way well, it goes back to what Ben said earlier about Swift 1.0, right? Like you were like, mm-hmm. well, this is my first language. I'll just write it. <laughs> yep. I don't know what, you know what is considered good or what is considered bad. This is just yep. all new to me. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, actually. I, I thought you might have the same <laughs> opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, and then I, I think, yeah, the 
then you said it best is just like devote like like because there's other things besides swift ui too right mm-hmm. like focus on the core things that you need to know for app development you don't need to dive into all the things for dark mode yet you don't have to mm-hmm. get like crazy with um Oh, uh, what else is is new? Like um, core ML and stuff like that. Unless that's what you want to really focus on. Um, like, I mean, f- a lot, yeah. a lot of stuff you can just let you know, just learn later when you get to it. Yeah, fundamental yeah. Learn- development hasn't changed at all, really. Mm-hmm. With, with with this dub dub, there's the addition of a couple of things, but ultimately everything that we all know is still in place and still works, and it will always be well for the most part, always be relevant. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you really want to dive into something, like look in, into something like URL session and learn how to network. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's something that I don't think was updated much this year, or that they're going to change very much soon. Um, and it's going to be something that is going to be very important moving forward. Yeah. Like your your app will most likely want to communicate with a server, and um, there are frameworks that are out there that can help you with that, but also knowing how to do it yourself is a huge advantage. One thing I will say that this WWDC did that um, uh, really does help you as a a junior dev is that really um, even more so you don't have to think about learning Objective-C over Swift. (laughs) I mean, this is just like Apple saying, we are going all in on Swift. Stop writing apps in (laughs) Objective-C. You know, they didn't go so far as what Google said at their their conference this year where they said, we're going all in on Kotlin and, you know, stop writing Java. Um, They didn't go quite that far, but, um, you know, with the future being Swift UI and just more stuff being Swift focused, um, it's going to be harder and harder for companies that uh, have code bases all in Objective C to really, truly justify staying Objective C. They're they're going to want to use the new the new hotness uh, because it's just going to get more optimized. There's going to be frameworks that are just for Swift, and so you know the older companies are going to have to upgrade. And they're going to need Swift developers. So I'd say even more than ever, don't bother learning Objective-C. Yeah, well, they even they even converted Marco. Marco's learning Swift. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he's crazy. hating it as well. Well, well, he's not hating it. But I haven't heard much neg- positive coming from him. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, that's us. You know, like literally that's going to be us when, you know, the next paradigm yeah. shift happens. And maybe that's Swift Eye. Like there's going to I'll probably complain about Swift Eye when I start diving into it. It's like, oh, are you saying Swift Eye? UI, Swift UI. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'll probably end up complaining about certain yeah. things with it too. And mm, yeah, that's just what happens that's, when you yeah. you get older. <laughs> <laughs> get off my lawn, get Swift my UI. Lawn. <laughs> yeah. Man yells at cloud. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, one last uh, you know bit of follow up I'd like to hit on before uh, we we are way over time i think um but i did want to mention from at blind power 
The new ML create stuff is awesome. Sound detection, raw data training model. The other thing is Swift UI, with which is mind blowing. <laughs> it makes me wish I didn't have to follow the N minus one version. Thing. <laughs> and we we've talked yeah. about that a lot, but yeah. really want to to mention that blind underscore power mentions is uh, the ML create the that's the machine learning create stuff, um, and like being all the stuff we can do with machine learning is very cool. And I'm glad that you know the rest of the community is excited about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, um, oh, I, Ben, you, I, do you have something else that you something, want to talk yeah. about? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was following on from what we were just saying um, to Ty um, about not really having, whether or not you should learn things from uh, this dub dub. There's uh, UI table view differable data source. Have you guys heard about it? No. I have not. Tell, teach this, me. Well, it's relevant because it's basically a paradigm paradigm shift within UIKit. Well, and it's UI table view and collection view, differable data source. So gone are self-row index path, uh, number of rows in sections, uh, number of sections. Not Seriously? They're they're obviously still there, but you don't have to do it like that anymore. So you can have a single method. So you can have... The table view data source, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, ba- you basically Delegate. create you basically create a method for your data source that has an enumeration, which is the sections that you want, and then you have mm-hmm. an array of, or maybe a struct type. I think it's an array of structs which are hashable, and okay. then the table view will do all of the magic for you. So. Uh, you basically, if you want to make an, a change, basically it makes changing so much easier. You don't have to worry about index paths and cells and things anymore. Yeah, you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You basically say, right, take a snapshot, update the data, and then you do, um, you call apply on it, and then it will uh-huh. automatically animate and do all of the indexing and everything for you. And it's like, it's almost reactive and it's epic and i was watching the uh the the video on it today and i read a johnson dell article on it today as well um we'll put it yeah we'll have to put it in the show notes it's amazing and it will change how people do table views from now on because you don't have to worry about batch updates or reloading data it just kind of does it all for you and it's really slick and i just wanted to make sure we mentioned that today (laughs) well yeah come on coming from the master of table views himself yeah that sounds like that's gonna replace that sounds like that's <laughs> going to replace deep diff for me. Have you heard of deep diff? Is it like no. I heard IG list kit does a similar thing, does it? I haven't used IG list kit yet, although they have there's some things that's a whole paradigm shift to go to <laughs> IG list kit, list kit and See, I I, don't know I'm about curious that. about it, but uh, deep diff basically just uh, is a third party framework that uh, you know, it's a cocoa pod I add to my my apps and I I have my data source and then I basically say um, you know, here's the new new version of it. You know, pass it into deep diff. It comes out with a, a list of diffs that that um, change between the two pieces of data, and then I feed that into um, an extension on Table View, and it will do all the animations for those diffs for me. Um, and I can define what those animations are as well. But uh, this sounds like this does it for does that same exact thing except Apple wrote this. <laughs> so um, instead of open source, which I mean, you know, this is an argument with open source and non open source, and, and maybe this is open source. I don't know, um, but uh, that sounds great. I, any more of that is is fantastic. I've just and, sent you uh, a video, yeah. um, which you'll get in any second on Slack. 
<laughs> right. I, 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 want, I want to hear your reaction when you see this. Okay, if if it will, if it will load quick enough. Uh, okay. So uh, now we have to wait on your internet and yeah. our internet. No, it's, internet? it's gone. It should it should be on there. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's see. All right. So I'm gonna hit play. Okay. So all they're doing is updating the data source. Oh, oh man, okay. I rotated the phone. Yeah, you rotated right. the phone. <laughs> Why would you rotate the phone? Well, I thought it would put it anyway. So, but look at that. Look at the way the collection view is updating itself. Yeah, that's very cool. That's all automatic, <laughs> and that's all, that, that is thousands of cells all automatically moving yeah. themselves through. So I recommend anyone watch that, um, watch that session on it. Really good. Yeah. So, I think so that would be the, that's the big difference between something like Deep Diff and this is the performance that you get with something like this. Yeah, It'd be fantastic. Yeah, because Apple's going to optimize for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to get updating my course. Yeah, <laughs> there yes, you, go. you do. Yes, you, got, you do. You have to stay relevant up until Swift UI comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we went way over our time. Um, so and wanna, we still didn't get to everything. We still didn't get to that's, everything. That's how big w dub 19 was it was huge um but uh yeah i want to thank ben for for being on the show for the last two episodes <laughs> well, um yeah i thank you all for responding to our twitter message and telling us what you're excited about um i'm sorry if we didn't get to your tweet we tried to hit everybody but you know it's there was a lot this time and uh, <laughs> what oh, i just laughed no, oh, um, I thought she had something to say. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to be doing episodes on a lot of these things, if not all of them. And so we're going to get deeper into that. So uh, please tweet us. Let us know which ones you're most excited about, which ones you want to cover us to cover first. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be getting deeper and deeper into this, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all we have this week. Thank you all for coming out. Thank you, Century, for sponsoring us. And we will see you next week. Y'all have a good one. Cheerio. It's such a good feeling to be at the end. A happy feeling that there may have been a mistake or two. So we'd like to hear from you. Twitter's great. Breaker might beat it. Email's fine, but we rarely read it. But we love five-star reviews. And we promise to mention you. So get a pen and a just kidding, who's got pens around? Still they'd love to hear from you Steve Berard and Zach Bilgu Tweet at Zach and have some fun At T-F-A-L-G, or you do one At T-F-A-L-G, or you do one He'll write back when his work is done Tweet at Steve and you will see Clever use of the emoji At S-W-B R-A-R-D Fireside Swift has its own handle So you can burn three sides of the candle At Fireside underscore Swift At Fireside underscore Swift And if your message is a little too long There's Fireside Swift at gmail.com And FiresideSwift.com FiresideSwift.com All right, so anyway. speaking of daddy stuff. <clears throat> um, I don't think we want to go wherever you're taking us. We need to hear about your daddy issues. <laughs>
more in particular yeah. the more recent daddy issues that you've just caused um mm. yeah and a I, few weeks ago i will say it's all my fault um it's all your fault <laughs> so let's let's start with the beginning of the day right so um the due date was the 26th and this was a couple or i guess it was about four saturdays ago um we woke up in the morning. Lauren said she was feeling good. She said she had a couple of twinges, but it wasn't anything bad. And so we went out and kind of, we went and ran some errands. Uh, she said she started feeling a little rougher, but we figured it was because she was on her feet. So we got her home, got her on the couch, and things kept progressing, right? Mm-hmm. And now the interesting thing here is the two births we had previously, um, both of our children were induced so lauren never actually went into natural labor so even though this was our third child we were still new to this experience (laughs) okay so we didn't know really what was happening um we didn't know if it was actual active labor or uh what they call braxton hicks contractions which is not it's not actual labor it's like your body just prepping for it right okay um Luckily, she had uh, her nurse's phone number because she's friends with her. So she was texting her nurse and saying, you know, like, this is how I'm feeling. What do you think I should do? Uh, We were actually at home. I was cooking dinner, uh, which was chicken wings. And that'll that'll come in to the story in a little bit. Um, okay. I was, I was cooking chicken wow. wings uh, for dinner. A little bit of foreshadowing. There. Well, again, er- earlier in the morning, <laughs> we thought everything was fine. So we had them all prepped. Like they had been marinating and everything, right? Okay. And so it was basically just get home and put them in the oven and yep. uh, let them come to temp. Um, so we cooked dinner. We pulled it out. Lauren said she wasn't going to eat. And then. The nurse said, well, you may want to go into the hospital just to get checked, just to see what's happening. And then this Mm -hmm. way, you know whether you need to be on alert or not, right? Uh, My parents were in New Orleans, and my mom really wanted to be up here for the birth. And so the only way we could do that is if we understood where Lauren was at with the pregnancy. Um, And I ate all of the chicken wings. Is what happened. It was about it was about three three pounds because uh, I was like, if we're going to the hospital, I'm gonna be well fed. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna leave these out. I'm not gonna let them go to waste. I'm gonna eat this food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, this sounds like a brilliant idea or a terrible idea. So Genius. I mean, just just picture this. Well, it's good. <laughs> and and they were they were really good. So picture oh, were this. They like hot? they were, were they, they hot were very, they were they were pretty spicy. Um, Again, this could be a terrible idea. Oh, spicy! Uh, okay, I've, I've been through this a couple of times. I, I knew what I was getting into. Um, <laughs> You're willing to take the sacrifice. Got it. Exactly. So uh, I was I was sitting there eating them. Our girls were eating. Lauren was like sweating on the couch, but she didn't know whether she wanted to go to the hospital not or or hospital or not yet either. And I wasn't going yeah. to push her. I was just going to say, you know, if you decide you want to go, we'll go. Not a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. I finished eating every single every single wing that was put in front of me and she was like okay let's go and so at this point it was about 7:45 and it takes us about half an hour to get down to the hospital um we got there at 8:15 well what we didn't know was the uh the wing or the maternity ward they lock all of their doors at 8 o'clock oh 
And we were we were walking around the the building, checking all the doors. Nothing was open. I was gonna run around to the front and find somebody to see if they could open a door for us. When luckily someone uh-huh. was coming out, and so Lauren was able to grab the door. We went in, uh, went up to the third floor, which was the labor and delivery uh, uh-huh. area. And you walk in, and there's um there's like a desk with a door behind it, and you have to check in at that desk before you can go through the door to get to the nurses and get everything that you need right so now lauren is positively sure she's in labor like she's starting to hurt right yeah yeah. and what you don't want are delays but you get you get up to the desk (laughs) and the guy's like fill out this form and she's like okay and she fills it out and she hands it back and he goes and initial this and she initials it and hands it back and then he gives her another one she's just like oh my god she gets all of that done <laughs> the guy, Did this guy live? Did they, this he guy live through the story? I, just, I mean, you have to be given hazard pay for this, right? Because the, right? you don't want to anger pregnant women, especially women in labor. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a good idea. So, um, the other thing is, because we didn't know when we left the house, whether we were going to be staying at the hospital, and it was kind of late already, <clears throat> we just took our two girls with us. Yeah. Right. Because if it was a false alarm, we'll all just go home. Not a big deal. Yep, yep, um, yep. And it was already getting kind of late, so we didn't really have... I mean, we had friends we could probably have dropped them off with, but we just wanted to get to the hospital. Like, you're not really thinking about all of these other things at the time. Yep. So the girls were with us. Um, We get into the nurse's area. They put us in a triage room to just kind of do an initial check on Lauren. They have Lauren put on a gown, and um, that that was interesting in and of itself because she was trying to do everything she could but she was at this point like i said she knew she was in labor so things mm-hmm. get get messy right yeah <laughs> uh, and right. i was i was trying to keep the girls uh you know occupied so they weren't yep. really interested in what was happening with lauren uh but yep. lauren gets everything done sits on the bed and the nurse comes in and, and straps her up with all the the electrodes and uh you know sensors and monitors and whatnot and you know checks her and says okay well you're having this baby tonight and uh so at that point at that point i think i texted you and i was like here we go (laughs) like i'm glad we because we didn't do a show that night and it was a very good thing we didn't do that show that night because i wouldn't have been able to do it anyway um so yeah they they uh we waited for a room for a little bit in the triage area they got us a room we got in there um lauren wanted an epidural but she couldn't have it quite yet and mm-hmm. there's a backstory there too. So, um, with Lauren, we had an epidural with, uh, Emma and Claire and okay. like 30 minutes after having the epidural, the girls were both born. Like apparently okay. if you give her an epidural, she has the baby immediately pretty much. Okay. Um, okay. but because it was late at night, the doctor that was on call wasn't actually at the hospital. She had just left to go home to have dinner. Oh, no. And she said, you know, I've looked at her chart. She can't have an epidural until I'm up there because once she has the epidural, she'll have the baby, and I want to be there when she has the baby. Yep. Yep. I mean, they have a doctor, you know, obviously at the hospital (laughs) uh, in case the baby did come. But, you know, you kind of want to do it with the people you're comfortable with, right? With the doctor you chose. Yep. Yep. Um. So she said, we'll wait. So Lauren and I and the girls take a couple of laps around the the maternity ward. She's 
in ever more increasing pain and she is handling it like a champ like i would just be crying on the floor i would be bawling right (laughs) just make it stop (laughs) well no i had a i had a belly full of chicken wings so i was actually pretty good (laughs) Uh, (laughs) that's right (laughs) yeah um and then it got to the point where she just needed to lay down and they were going to check her like every 30 minutes because labor was progressing uh pretty quickly and so we got into the room, got her down, and then she finally got all strapped in, and she kept asking about the epidural, and the, the nurse was like, no, we're, we're not going to do it yet. Dr. Wang is on her way, um, on her way back. Once she gets here, we'll do it. And then, I mean, there was like a whole just epidural issue, right? Because once they finally did get it in, the uh, doctor, the anesthesiologist, um, was already booked for a few people, a few patients ahead of Lauren. Oh no! Um, once it came time for Lauren to get it, the nurse checked her again and said that the pregnancy was too far along, so she couldn't have an epidural. Oh, and so oh they canceled God. it. Well, then the doctor showed up because again we thought it was uh, we thought it was about to be showtime, right? Yeah. Uh, the doctor showed up, checked Lauren, and said, "Oh no, she's only seven centimeters dilated. She can have the epidural." And so, like, the doctor was a, a superstar. Like, she she was talking to the nurse in this really calm voice. And she says, okay, well, you can go ahead and call the anesthesiologist back. Let him know that we're ready for him, and he can just come up here. And um, she's, she's good to go. <clears throat> and uh, so the nurse tried to call him. But at that point, he had already packed up everything, like, all of his stuff, <laughs> and was downstairs again. And so yeah. they had to try to get him back. But... Lauren, again, the labor progressed to a point where she couldn't have it yet again. Now, if she had never yeah. been taken off of that list in the first place, she would have had it. So the doctor was like, okay, um, do you want us to take your daughters out of the room? And Lauren looked at her and was like, no, why? Like, why? This, I, I want them here if they're, if they're if they want to be here, I'm fine with it. And the doctor said, okay. Um, and then she went to a nurse and said, well, can you be with Emma over here and kind of keep her op- occupied? And she looked at Lauren and she was like, you know, this is really going to hurt and you may scream. And at that point, Lauren was just, she was, you know, sweating and not, not happy because it's just yeah. immense pain. Right. Yep. Yep. And, yep. and Lauren was saying, you feel like you have no control over your body anymore. Like your body is yeah. just on cruise control and you can't do anything about it, which is a really weird feeling, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Lauren is, is laying there. The nurse calls or the doctor calls a bunch of other nurses in at this point. We had like seven nurses in the doctor in the room and I'm holding on to Lauren's hand and she's been like crushing my knuckles uh, for the past couple of hours, which is fine. Like if that's the only pain I had to go through, not a big deal uh, compared <laughs> to what she was, she was dealing with. And at this point she, she looked at me and she goes, Zach, do something. And I'm looking around and I see, I see all of the nurses, and I see the doctor, and I see all these people that are just immensely more qualified to handle any situation than I am, right? And so I just look at her, and I'm like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And I just, I just say, push. <laughs> and, she, and she glares at me like she wants to just stick her thumbs in my eyes and just yeah. pull them out. Like, <laughs> that was not what she needed at that point. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hold your hand and whatever you, you know I'll be here if you need something that I can do 
Uh, but right now I feel like that's not the case. And another nurse came in and was kind of talking to her calmly and, and walking her through everything. And, um, at about 1230 in the morning, uh, Lucy was born and wow. <laughs> like immediately after she was born, yeah. she, you know, the pain lessens. It doesn't stop completely. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go yeah. away for a while, but it lessens to the point where you're, you're, you can manage it. Plus you have all these hormones in your body. Um, yeah. But apparently Lucy was born so quickly that she had a bunch of fluid in her stomach. Like normally they the, a baby will kind of expel it as they're okay. as they're being born. Um mm-hmm. but she rocketed out. And uh <laughs> so they they had to suck like 18 cc's of fluid out of her stomach. But other than that she was wow. perfectly fine. Um a big baby, 8 pounds, 7 ounces, 20 inches long and she's been awesome. So great. the the funny yeah. the other funny thing about this is uh, Emma has been telling us she wanted to stay up all night for the past uh-huh. like I don't know year like it's been this yeah. life goal of hers to stay up yeah. all night and yeah. so the night Lucy was born she actually didn't go to sleep till four thirty in the morning uh-huh. she was up the entire time Lucy was born and she started bawling. Like, she was so happy to finally have her little sister. And she said, uh, she was like, oh, she looks just like a baby doll. It made other, it made the nurses in the room tear up to see her, like, so excited about it. Oh, Um, wow. Claire, you know, our our middle child, she slept through the entire thing. (laughs) She, uh, she was laying on, yeah, she was, she was laying on the couch, um, and I took a shirt out of my bag because we took our bags up there because mm-hmm. we didn't know, right? So I took a shirt yep. out of my bag and used that as kind of a blanket for her. And she fell asleep at eleven thirty, and she ended up waking up about ten minutes after Lucy was born. So she missed all the all the fireworks. How did she sleep through the screaming? Lauren actually didn't scream. Like she didn't scream oh, at all. Wow. She was more of a like a kind of bear down and grunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. Wow. Yeah, and just yeah, I, she, I am incredibly impressed like there's no way there's no way i could have done that um and and she was able to do it with with poison determination and like you know now she looks back on and she she says i was a crazy person during all of that and i'm like you you really weren't though like everybody else in the room understands what's your what you're going through and and you, it's not like you were yelling at people and screaming and biting people's heads off like you did get upset when it took the doctor a while to get to the room but again that's understandable you you thought <laughs> yeah, you were having the baby like right then and you needed someone yeah. there um but at no point were you like cussing or anything and so you know she did it amazingly and uh i'm just very proud of her and i'm very lucky to be married to someone like that yeah i yeah, yeah I, that's you know, awesome i could i could never imagine having to do something like that i would yeah. just go through my entire life terrified of that day <laughs> <laughs> right it's like oh this is happening not- huh <laughs> yeah yeah, well, you know, once it happens, it it happens, and if you want kids, there's that's what you got to do, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, you could you could adopt. Adoption is. I was going to say, there's always adoption. There's always right. adoption. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you know, that's but it's it's kind of the main way that things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah it's ter- but it's yeah, terrifying. we spent. It 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 is it is. Uh, I don't think we're going to do that again. I think we're happy with three. But of course, yeah. people have so I, we have we have three girls, and so everybody's favorite 
question to me is, you know, are you going to try for a boy? And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm so happy with my three girls. I'm ecstatic that I have three girls. I already know, you know, all of the princess names. I can name all yep. the, all the little ponies. <laughs> I've already got glitter permanently affixed to myself. Um, I can, I can wear tiaras. I can walk really well in those really tiny plastic high heels shoes that they have. Uh, I look really good in makeup. Um, so like having girls works for me. I'm happy with this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you, you could have four girls as well. <laughs> That's you right. Could. That's right. You could just, are you going to try for down. a boy again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're, we're good. We're good. Um, but yeah, it's been, mm. it's been fantastic. A lot of sleepless nights, but seeing, seeing Emma and Claire kind of mother Lucy and kind of baby her and just be excited that she's around. Uh, mm-hmm fantastic like we'll tell them to go to bed and they'll, they'll go to their room and they'll be laying in bed and then you know lucy will cry because she's hungry or needs a diaper change or something and then they'll both come running out you know, what's wrong and they go oh we just we heard her cry we wanted to check on her make sure she's okay oh, that's <laughs> awesome. so yeah it's 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 an incredible feeling yeah um, won't lie i'm jealous <laughs> that, that someday i do want to have kids be awesome yeah well you know you can sooner rather than later and um yeah i'm not exactly <laughs> looking forward to it yet but <laughs> put it that way <laughs> no it's, it's never been on my list of things to do a very big adjustment um but once you make that adjustment like i can't remember what it was like to not have kids mm-hmm. yeah I, that's what i hear from everyone that is a, a father or a mother that once you have them it, it's good it's just mm-hmm yeah, you can't imagine not having them. And I'm like, well, I can imagine not having them now. And uh, <laughs> I, I get to go to St. Lucia and get to go to yep. the Maldives and, mm-hmm. and quite enjoy yeah, get, my life. That's right. Yeah, and that that all changes. And in your life, your life doesn't get worse. It just changes, you know, in its in its quality. Or I guess the quality stays the same, but the uh, where the quality comes from changes is what I'm going for. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing little little McSwift faces running around. <laughs> it will be it will be really soon. I think it'll be sometime next year. Um, yeah, so probably towards the end of this year, and then middle of next year, I, I expect to have a, the first one. And I, hope, I, I mean, I was trying to campaign just for having one because I feel like it would be easier. But um, <laughs> she'd like to, so you know, we might have to go with that. So here's here is uh, here are my thoughts on the whole like number of children. Yeah. So going from zero to one for me was where the biggest shift was in my mm-hmm. life because having zero kids to one kid, like going from not a parent to a parent, is a major major change. Yeah, um, yeah. Going from one kid to two was also a pretty big change, but it wasn't as big as going from zero to one. It was more like, well, now we have one kid and we have this dynamic. I don't know what it's going to be like when we have multiple. Uh, Mm -hmm. Going from two to three, super easy. Like it's it's like nothing (laughs) changed at all. (laughs) Now you've got now you've got two daughters to help. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, and that's the other thing. And when when Claire was born, Emma was three, which isn't old enough right. to really help out with much mm-hmm. of anything. Um, but now that Emma's six and Claire's three, yeah, she can help a little. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I would think going from three to four, now you've got another step, right? Because now you have to buy a minivan. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree. Three to four would probably be another change. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. It's, it's that minivan time, and well, we had to buy a new car because we couldn't fit five car seat or five people yeah, in the, the, the car seats, we yeah. had because the car seats were too big. Uh, so we ended up getting another car, but it wasn't a minivan. We actually looked at minivans. We did, and yeah. uh, we couldn't find one for the right price. So we actually ended up with a, a Buick Enclave. That's right. No you, and you went to a ven- you went to a vending machine to get this. We vehicle. went. We bought it at a vending machine. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weird Americans. Yeah, there's, there's a big, big coin. You put it in. The car comes down and it gets shot out the front, and then you drive away with it. That sounds awesome. It, did it you, really did you not? We talked about this on an episode. Yeah, once. he didn't did listen. You, he must not have listened. He doesn't listen uh, to our show. Wow. I, do but sometimes i zone out oh no <laughs> <laughs> ding that's for that's for mr mcswift face <laughs>